Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining <laughs> us from. My name is Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge, and today I'm very excited to be joined by David Rendell in his pink shirt, in his pink glasses, and his pink light next to him. And I'm sure he'll tell you why he is all decked out in pink. And he's the author of four books, two of which we have courses on at Growth Institute, uh, Four Factors of Effective Leadership, The Freak Factor, The Freak Factor for Kids, and Pink Goldfish 2.0, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, because his new course is going to be released any day now at Growth Institute. So, David, welcome to Conversations at the Edge. And where are you calling in from today? Here I am in Goldsboro, North Carolina, just about an hour east of Raleigh. Well, I want to jump right in uh, in your new course that will be available to all of our members very soon. You share a pretty interesting quote that only 3% of businesses are actually different. And finding key differentiators in the market is incredibly difficult. So I'm wondering how you define different, because I feel like if we were to ask the folks who are here, if their business was different, more than 3% would be raising their hand. So how do you consider, you know, different in the market? A different really isn't up to us, right? It's up to the customers, right? So it's up to the people who look at it and you say, well, is, you know, McDonald's any different than Wendy's, any different than Burger King, any different than Hardee's? Uh, and they get to decide not, well, you know, our burgers are fresh, not frozen. You know, the question is, does that become a big enough difference? Does that drive anybody's decisions? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, right? Um, so I think that's uh, oftentimes, you know, what part of what I say is if it takes too long for you to explain to me how, how you're different, then you're probably not, right? Well, you see, what you understand is the way this, and people go on and on, it needs to be this sort of instantaneous, obvious uh, difference that you have that, again, not just a difference you have, but also that draws people in um, and uh, attracts people's attention and attracts their business. Um, so, David, I'm curious, like, why are people getting this so wrong uh, in terms of how they think they're differentiating their business versus how their customers are seeing them in terms of the differentiation? Yeah, that's the fundamental premise of the book, right? The reason is because the way we define good, the way we define successful, the way we define effective, the way our industry uh, defines good and effective, the best practices um, that people have, the benchmarks that you measure your business by, basically make everyone the same, right? So um, if the industry leaders define efficiency as a key thing, then you try to become more efficient and you're chasing them in efficiency instead of you moving into a different direction. So basically the idea is that homogeneity comes, sameness comes from us having the same definition of what we think we're actually doing. And when we allow other companies or in the entire industry to define what good is, 
then we're all moving in that same direction and no one ends up being different because we're all defining ourselves by essentially the same standard, right? So think about car companies. Most car companies are exactly the same. Their cars look the same. They sell them the same way. They offer them the same way. Then Tesla comes along and you pay for it ahead of time. You get a de- you, you put a deposit down ahead of time. They don't even have it. It's electric. It's not gas. There's constant updates instead of you get the model year that they put out the best car they can get put out at any given moment. There's not a 2014 Tesla, a 2015 Tesla. Everything about the way Tesla operates is completely different than every other car company. Um, And you don't have to wonder how is Tesla different, but that's because they didn't see themselves as a car company basically. And they ran in a completely different way. And then they've challenged the industry so much that the rest of the car uh, manufacturers are starting to look at that model. Um, in fact, recent shortages had made some car companies accidentally do the Tesla model. I put down a deposit on a car recently because there's no new cars available at any car dealers. And so they said, we got one that'll be made on May 2nd. You want that one? Um, and I put down a deposit. And then when it was ready, they shipped it to the dealer where I was going to pick it up. And I picked up my car. So now they're kind of going Tesla instead of make a bunch that people might want, sit them out offer them at a discount, um, those kinds of things. So it's really just, we accept certain things about the way our industry works, the way our businesses should work, what customers want, and real differentiation usually ends up challenging those things in a way that if you, a simple example is from the book is Snapchat. Um, The founder of Snapchat had the idea when he was in his graduate school program, he presented it. There was even a VC, a venture capitalist in the room. He presented the idea. Not a single person in the room was like, that's amazing. You should do that. That's going to be a world changer. And in fact, everybody said, that's a terrible idea. Get rid of the part where the pictures disappear. That's stupid. Nobody wants that. The internet is forever. The venture capitalist said, get rid of that. And let's do a partnership with Best Buy. And if you agree to those two things, I'll invest. Needless to say, he didn't do that. Pictures disappearing became the foundational element of Snapchat. Turns out adults want their text to disappear, oftentimes because they're texting people that they're not married to. Kids like their text to disappear because then their parents can't see what they posted and what they said. And every other major social media platform now has stories which are disappearing, photos, articles, etc. LinkedIn even. I mean, LinkedIn and Snapchat, you almost wouldn't put them in the same conversation. LinkedIn has stories. Instagram has stories. Facebook has stories. We take for granted now that you can post stuff that will disappear at some point. And sure, somebody could screenshot it or whatever, but also think about the model. The social media company isn't storing that photo for all of eternity and having to have that on a server somewhere and having to pay those costs. Basically, every day, Snapchat turns over all the storage that they need to have. So that was a completely different way of doing it. So it looked wrong. It looked stupid. It looked dumb. It looked ineffective. It looked inappropriate. It looked unsuccessful, whatever you want to call it. And that's the premise of Pink Goldfish is that when you try to do something different, it's going to look wrong, dumb, bad, or in our basic language, weak, right? It's going to look like a weakness. It's going to look like a mistake. It's going to look like a problem. And so that's why you're not going to do it. So the reason to go back to your original question that most companies aren't different is because different looks wrong. 
And we don't want to do things wrong. We want to do things right. We want to do things effectively. We want to do things appropriately. We want to do things well. And so our basic message in the book is in order to be different, you have to do something weird and weird is going to look weak. It's going to look wrong. It's going to look incorrect. And that's the barrier that keeps people from really ending up being unusual. Great. And so I know that you have like eight kind of principles or ways that you can be different as part of the pink goldfish methodology. Yeah. Can you help us kind of understand from a high level what those eight are? Yeah. The main one is F, flaunting, right? It starts with F. Every, it spells out flossom, right? Your flaws make you awesome, right? That our imperfections are what make us different. And those differences are what make us special and draw customers to us um, and make our businesses um, successful. So it starts with F and F is for flaunting. Flaunt means to parade without shame. It means to be unapologetic, right? Unapologetic about our uniquenesses, unapologetic about our flaws and our organization's imperfections. So one of my favorite examples of that is Alamo Drafthouse Cinema. So Alamo Drafthouse Cinema has a no talk. They're a movie theater. They also sell food and drinks that you can have during the movie, but they have a very strict no talking, no texting policy. Um, they have other stuff as well, but we'll focus on that for now. So you get a warning and then they kick you out. If you're talking or texting, you get one warning, then they kick you out. So this lady got kicked out. She got mad. She left a nasty voicemail. What do most companies do in that situation? They apologize. We're so sorry. Would you like a coupon? We're, we're sorry that we made you upset. Please don't tell anybody else that you're upset. What can we do to appease you to make you happy? What they did is they took her voicemail, they transcribed it, they turned it into a public service announcement that they show at the beginning of their movies. Uh, and they basically brag about the fact that they kicked this lady out. And when she says, I'm never coming back, they're like, thank you for not coming back. And it's a message to everybody there. If you're like this, don't come here, right? And if you don't like people like that, come here because people like that don't come here, right? So that's flaunting. Not only did they not apologize to her, they made her even more upset, which is the other one that we talk about antagonizing. Instead of trying to satisfy their customers, they deliberately antagonized that woman because they recognize she's not one of their customers, right? And so most companies won't do that. They won't antagonize anybody because they're trying to satisfy everybody. And in their effort to satisfy everybody, they're actually making a lot of people really upset. So flaunting is one, antagonizing is another. And the second one is lopsiding. This is doing more of what everyone else is trying to do less of. So for example, Hardee's, when all the fast food companies after Supersize Me were making their meals healthier and McDonald's is offering yogurts, fruit, salad, and water, Hardee's comes up with the thick burger, right? And they put a, you know, you're from Philly. They put a Philly cheesesteak on top of a two third pound burger. They take an unhealthy sandwich and put it on top of an unhealthy sandwich, serve it with a size of you know, chili cheese fries um, and a milkshake, and they don't apologize for it, right? They sell the $5 bag, which is 40,000 calories of food to some, some guy who's probably working construction somewhere and pulling through the drive-thru in his pickup truck, and he isn't trying to have a salad. And he's burning those calories and he wants the most amount of food for the least amount of money. They weren't trying to do, they did more unhealthy, more fat, more calories, more sugar. When the whole industry was going fruit, yogurt, salad, water, um, wraps, all these kinds of things. And then 10 years later, what happened? 
McDonald's realized nobody was buying fruit, yogurt, salad, and water. So the leader, McDonald's, ended up following the follower, Hardee's, because Hardee's veered off at some point and created their own identity as the place where, it, you know, here's the dirty little secret, fat tastes good, right? Sugar tastes good. Um, and people want to eat food that tastes good. It's not your job to make people eat healthy. And, and, and it's not wrong for somebody to crave those kinds of foods. Um, so those are a few of the examples of, of kind of the framework that we created. So we go through the FLOSSUM, it's an acronym. And so we have one for each withholding is the opposite of lopsiding. It's doing less of what everybody's trying to do more of. So again, everybody's offering more locations. You say we have one, people are being open till midnight, we close at five, right? It's, it's Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays, for example, right? It's not having a Black Friday. Um, REI doesn't have Black Friday sales. They shut down on Black Friday. They don't even open their website. They pay their employees and they encourage everybody to go outside. So they're doing less. They're not opening up on Thanksgiving for Black Friday, right? They're doing less of what everybody else is doing more of. Um, the S is for swerving. And this is just to let people know if they're like, geez, Dave, you know, I'm supposed to completely go against everything in my industry. Swerving's like, look, just make a move, right? Start small, do something. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put pink tattoos on my arms on day one. I wore some pink shoes. I told some funny stories about how living with all women is turning me into a woman. People liked it. I got some pink socks. I got some pink pants. I threw on a pink shirt. The pink was an evolution right? Your uniqueness can be an evolution. You can start small. That's what swerving is. Um, and, and opposing is the O. Opposing is not <laughs> slight. It's doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing, right? Little mismatch sells socks in sets of three, not in pairs. They don't match. They're not the same color. They're not the same style, right? Every sock that's ever been sold basically in history was sold in a pair that matched with the other one. Right. And they came along and said, what if we sold socks to girls and they were different lengths and different colors and different patterns? And what if we sold them in sets of three and they were designed to be worn mismatched? Right. What if we question everything about the way this is done? Right. So that's the O M is micro weirding a little bit like swerving. It's like, look, you know, find small ways to be unique. There's little things you can do um, to stand out the magic castle hotel. Um, in California has a popsicle hotline next to their pool. You pick it up, they bring you free popsicles, white glove, silver tray. You don't have to pay for it. You can have as many as you want. Nobody ever leaves the four seasons and like, this is bull crap. There wasn't a strong popsicle game at the four seasons, right? That's never a complaint, but on TripAdvisor, Magic Castle Hotel is one of the top rated hotels in the entire Los Angeles area, which by the way, has a few hotels because people get so pumped about the popsicles. Um, they do other things too, free snacks. You can get as many candy bars as you want from the front desk. None of this mini bar, you know, inflation, um, sort of uh, price gouging. You can get as many sodas as you want from the front desk. They have a free ice cream machine. They just do things that no one complains about not having at other places, but they just do things differently and everybody has to talk about it. And then E is new for... Um, for Pink Goldfish 2.0, it's exposing. So Snowbird in Utah is a ski resort and their ad campaign was their one-star reviews. You know, They just put it on a magazine, put it on a billboard, just a cool picture of Snowbird with somebody's one-star review with no explanation, no argument, no, they're wrong, we're better than that. You know, things like too advanced. We felt like we were taking our lives in our hands. And the message is, if it's too advanced for you, don't come here. 
we are advanced. And we think too advanced is going to draw the right people and push the wrong people away, right? So that's exposing uh, Nebraska's new brand campaign after uh, years of being the lowest rated state in the United States for tourism. They came out with a tourism campaign that says, Nebraska, honestly, we're not for everyone, right? Uh, and that exposing that honesty, that, that genuineness, that authenticity, again, is very uncommon. It's not industry standard really anywhere. And yet their campaign went so viral, they were talking about it on morning shows in Australia. So now maybe people in America haven't been going to Nebraska. Now people from Australia are going to Nebraska because they just said, you know what? Honestly, this isn't the most amazing place you've ever been. And people are like, but there's a lot of things that are amazing about it and that's drawing people in. So that's the framework, Flawsome. And it's just designed, again, to remind you, your flaws make you awesome. Weaknesses, things that look like negatives, things that look like problems, things that look like mistakes, certainly imperfections. Those are the things that make your business different. And that's what draws people in. Perfection isn't what creates an effective business. In fact, it actually leads to mediocrity, um, being average, mediocre, and sort of invisible. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.